Welcome to the Aegeas podcast series, Studio 2030, in which we bring you big questions, big ideas, and big debates about the future and how we can all navigate our way towards success. We discuss the trends that may change the way we think about the world and influence our views on what's most important. So there's a lot to talk about. And welcome back in Studio 2030. I'm your host, Janka Vlerakers, and in this sixth episode, we'll discuss the importance of diversity in companies. With my first guest, Bart de Smet, chairman of the board at AGIAS. Welcome, Bart. It's a pleasure. And my second guest, consultant and author, Fons Trompenaars, expert in cross-cultural management. Welcome, Fons. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here uh, talking about this important issue. So let me start with a personal comment first. I have a Gen Z representative at home who tells me that diversity is an issue for the older generations because they themselves find living with diversity so normal that they don't even notice it anymore. Now, do you personally think this issue of diversity will stop being an issue once this generation enters the companies of the future? First of all, I hope so. And secondly, I believe it will be the case because if you look to diversity today, it's about unequal treatment, exclusion based on gender, on ability, on social background, religion, origin. But when I go back in time, when I was a, a young kid, We looked to who was in our class. It were all white children, boys, because the college was still boys away from girls. And also when I looked to the way we saw the world, it took me until the age of 16 to have a first flight. And before being in another continent, I was maybe 25. So today this has completely changed. And I'm sure that that will have a big impact on the way the current generations and the ones coming afterwards will look to it. The only thing I believe that maybe will stay in terms of attention of diversity is what I would call the diversity of opinion. I hope we will not be in a situation where the discussion on diversity will be about different opinion makers that don't listen to each other, that go their own way. Okay, Fon, same question for you. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I back everything Bart is saying, but one comment to give it uh, a little context. Namely, when I was young, I was uh, on a school that was very diverse. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because we had uh, a very early influx of our old colonies. And uh, it was a mixed school. And at my age, we didn't see any diversity either. Because we were focusing on what we shared in terms of... Uh, football in my case, or whatever. I see that with my children, who are in their early 30s, and I see it with my grandchildren. The question is, what has happened with me that I even did a research on categorizing those differences? What I think, however, is that um, in this coming generation, because we travel more and we have internet where we connect, is that there are other type of diversities that are not so obvious. It's not about the color. It's not about external stuff, but it is about personality. Mm -hmm. It is about uh, DNA differences, by the way, which is great as long as the categorizations don't lead to you're okay and I'm not uh, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so you touched upon the question of a definition of diversity. So now, how can we define diversity? As we focus on companies, what does it mean in the business world? Fons? Um, I believe that diversity is about anything we don't share and inclusion is about anything we share. Okay. And it's quite simple. And it could be all kinds. It could be opinion, in the words of, of Bart. It could be color. It could be anything. But we are diverse because we don't share it with others. And we include when we are sharing things with others. It's very abstract, but it gives us a lot of opening to uh, fill it in. Mm -mm. Can you make it concrete? Yeah. If we uh, look at research, for example, we uh, find... Uh, that indeed females have a tendency to act differently on similar situations than men. If we look at nationalities, the same. But there is also what we call a diversity of diversity. There are dynamics between these different types of diversity. So the example I often give is when you have a young American female talking to an old Ghanese male, mm -hmm. what is causing the issue? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's the dynamics because the role of male and female are defined differently in Ghana and in America. Mm -hmm. uh, so is age. Mm -hmm. So it is, in that sense, quite complex. Okay. Bart? Well, I say, uh, for me, diversity is the quality of uh, including and involving people that are different with respect to ethnicity, to gender, ability, religion, social background, etc. And uh, let's say this definition is not different from what I would say would have been definition 10, 15 years ago. Only the, the broadness has been expanded. Eh? That's mm -hmm. why there is still etc. Et eh? I don't think we have seen the last categorization of diversity yet. And due to maybe the availability of information on social media, incidents that happen, uh, the topic has, of course, received much more attention today yeah. than it was in the past. And that's a good thing. So we learned in the first part that diversity is a complex topic with different dimensions that are intertwined with each other. But why is it so important for businesses to invest in it, Fons? Because when you deal with diversity effectively, namely that leads to inclusion, you get better results. And some examples are innovation. It is shown in research that more diversity with inclusion leads to more innovative and creative mindsets and results. It is uh, known that on the very high level of abstraction, known as the law of requisite variety, that if the diversity in a system is not at least as big as the diversity of its environment, the system will die. Another example is the quality of decision making. Now, if we look at diversity, what are the types you need? And there are enormous amounts of differences like role differences. It has shown in the research of Balbin at Cambridge, he took the top professors in a team that played a simulation for three days against an at random team. And they did it three times. So in a year's time, three times three days. And you guess the results that the at random team 
clearly won, but with big numbers against the top professors of Cambridge. Mm -hmm. The result of his research was first negative, namely the best way to kill innovation and creativity is put creative people together. <laughs> and the, the second result was if you have at random teams where you have a variety of diverse roles mm -hmm. with good leadership, which he called the coordinator, you're in great shape. Mm -hmm. So it is very much backed by research that diversity combined with inclusion leads to better results. Okay, is that also something that you notice in practice, Bart? Absolutely. I think to be effective, efficient, creative in, in decision-making, you need uh, what I would call mixed teams, eh, where you have some extrovert types, I call them spiky types, the ones that put the fist on the table that are able to throw a little bomb eh, in the discussion. But you also need more calm, introvert people, and it's a combination that makes it work. If you only have these spiky types, it's complete chaos and you will not come to good results. If you only have the other type, uh, you will not move forwards either. Mm -hmm. uh, so you need people with different attitudes, also maybe with uh, different levels of education, which is a real point of attention in financial industry, also because the, the regulatory bodies If uh, they would have a choice in the insurance industry, they would like to have only actuaries, eh, which is, uh, mm -hmm. being one of them, not the, the ultimate uh, best solution. Mm -hmm. So, I understand that diversity stimulates, amongst others, innovation, creativity and efficiency. Any other important advantages, Fons? Yeah, the um, enormous advantage of um, avoiding tunnel vision It is very risky that you only see an example from one viewpoint only. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, a philosopher once wrote about the beauty of Japanese gardens. And he said the beauty of a Japanese garden, it invites you to look at the bridge, the tree, from different viewpoints. You get an other idea of the tree and the bridge. And it's a wonderful example to show that diversity gives you different viewpoints. And it's also important when you uh, translate that into business. Namely, if you are dealing with a society like I'm from Amsterdam, where 56% of the people don't have Dutch parents, that you at least reflect in your organization the diversity of those you serve, as an example. Mm -hmm. One point I want to end with, because I could give many more examples, is the role of leaders. It is shown in research that diverse teams lead to either better or worse results. And the difference is made by the quality of leadership. Mm -hmm. Do you have something to add to that, Bart? Well, say I already referred to the need of diversity in time of characters that you have in a team. I think also diversity in the, the broader sense, at gender, uh, ethnicity and so on, can only lead to a better representation of the people for whom you do it, eh? your customers, your employees. And it brings also more, let's say, guarantees that you have a better view of the outside world. One very concrete example that I would like to give in the context of Aegeas is that when we restarted the company after the, the difficulties of, of the financial crisis, we have had, let's say, the experience of every three years preparing a new strategic cycle, where the first three months were cycles that we worked out with top 12 of the group. And, okay, top 12 of the group were 11 
white man and one lady. But then in 2018, when we started the preparation of Connect 21, at that moment we have chosen to to broaden the group that was responsible to work out the strategy to be presented to the board to something like 70 people mm -hmm. from all the countries where we are with AGIA, so Europe, Asia, all ages. Eh? There were people only two, three years in the company, all different levels of hierarchy. And I can assure you that the end result of that exercise was of much higher level than the previous ones. And, okay, that's uh, a very... A tangible experience that shows mm -hmm. that embedding and stimulating diversity leads to better and more acceptable results for uh, all stakeholders. It's clear that diversity offers companies many advantages, but how do you achieve corporate diversity, Bart? First of all, uh, Fons already referred to it. It starts with the leadership. You have to recognize that you have to take action. Uh, you have to offer equal chances, uh, so have an inclusive policy. We try, for instance, at EGIAS to have in all the succession plans uh, for every job as well uh, female as a male candidate. Um, I think it's also important to recognize that you're far from uh, in the ideal situation, eh? to admit mm -hmm. that there is still a lot of work to do. And a lot starts also with your recruitment strategy, eh? to focus much more on skills than on, uh, let's say, education, because education as such is still not sufficiently diverse, notwithstanding all efforts that are made. And uh, if we look to AGS, we have, of course, focused mostly on uh, this moment, eh, on diversity that is measurable. And you can look then to gender, you can look to origin. For instance, if you look at gender, in a company that has 54% of female uh, team members, uh, if you look to the top 300, we are at 27% mm -hmm. female. It's higher than five, ten years ago, and we have somewhere more than the ambition to, to further mm -hmm. increase it. Uh, if you look to origin, we are in 14 countries, but we have something like 65 nationalities in the group. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Now you refer to leadership. What is the role that leaders such as yourself, of course, should play in this respect? First of all, it should be authentic and eh? not make the whole story of diversity inclusion because it has to be done. You have to be convinced yourself. You have to play a role model mm -hmm. uh, to show indeed that you are stimulating people from diverse background to move up in different roles in the company. And uh, at least what I always try to do, and I'm far from perfect, is to permit in group discussions, whatever the position or the specialty of your team members is, an open dialogue where, you, of course, you have your own opinion, mm -hmm. but you try to help all the people in a team to converge to a common, let's say, supported uh, decision. Yeah. And I always say in presentations I give that if 10 files come on the desk of the team, I always know what I would like to decide, but in five out of 10, mm -hmm. the final decision is not my decision. <laughs> okay. So you, you try to avoid, give your uh, opinion at first. So yeah. I still have to learn from time to time, but I try to. <laughs> okay. Fons, can you give us an example of how you help the company adjust its uh, recruitment policy to achieve more diversity? Yeah, there, there was a large European company that had to um, 
recruit a lot of people and they said, we have looked at their education, mm -hmm. but they're leaving the company after two, three years because our values don't match. And um, they said, uh, could you help us because you, you can perhaps measure values of our organization and of the candidate. So I said, yes, yeah, sure. So we developed a little app, but we added a third measurement. So we measure the values of the candidate, the values of that organization. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, great, we have two spider webs. And if the deltas are too big, we don't hire them. I said, but isn't it fun to have people that are not like your values, but will measure a third one, namely how willing and able are those people to bridge the gap? Mm -hmm. Because those are the interesting people. The interesting people that, for example, this company was very consensus-driven. In other words, it took ages before they took a decision. I said, suppose there is a decisive candidate. Would you not like them because they don't fit your consensus culture? But if you have a decisive person that reconciles it with consensus, you're in great shape. Then diversity leads to inclusion because you reconcile the differences. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. And they were very much more happy as an input to the recruitment process because there are other things you look at. That's one example. Another example is on the leadership uh, side. I believe servant leadership, enabling others to perform better, is a wonderful philosophy of leadership. And when we did work a long time ago with Motorola, Bob Galvin, their CEO, was a typical servant leader that loved diversity. And he introduced a system called individual dignity entitlement. Every leader had a discussion with their subordinate four times a year, once a quarter, around six questions. If the answer was yes, you go to the next question. So you could be done in two minutes. But if the answer was no, it was the responsibility of the leader to make it a yes. Example, is the work you're doing for your organization meaningful to you? Yes, okay, next question. Do you have enough resources to do your task properly? No, then it was the responsibility of the boss to make it a yes. That's the type of leadership that forces you to become a servant leader. And why is that so important? Because from diversity, you go to inclusion. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, uh, quotas are, of course, another way to increase diversity. They are, however, a big topic of debate. What is your opinion? Fons, I'll start with you. I'm not against compliance if you don't stop there. Because if you have compliance numbers, we need 50% females <laughs> in Norway by law. But if you hire females because they're female, that's not good enough. You set them up for failure. By the way, that's true for any... <laughs> For it's, any diversity. It's a comment I've heard regularly. Eh? Yeah. yeah. But if you don't do it, you keep on males, like mm -hmm. Bart and myself, mm -hmm. unconsciously selecting males because they look like us. Mm -hmm. So it's a dilemma. Mm -hmm. Now, if you start with compliance, it's okay. But then choose those you want to comply to, mm -hmm. 50% of whatever, um, and put them on a role where they can excel. And then the third step you take is make diversity linked to a business issue. So have a vision why you select those people, not because they're female, mm -hmm. but because you need more diversity for innovation. And those three steps, ending with make diversity work for a business issue, then you're in great shape. Yeah. And an intermediate step is compliance, because otherwise you don't have any ambition. Bart, what 
What do you think about this rather controversial topic? Well, I say personally, I'm not a big fan of quota imposed by regulation. I believe it's much more efficient to have ambitions, I call mm -hmm. it ambition instead of quota on a company level. Uh, but okay, I also have to recognize that the fact that I have been quota in politics in, in board compositions has helped. Eh? If I look to our own board, 10 years ago, it was uh, only a male board. At this moment, we have 40% female and we have a plan to go to 50-50, mm -hmm. uh, which is beyond regulation because we just believe that that's uh, a good representation in the board. And if I look to what it has brought us in the last five, six years, Indeed, more diversity around the table has led to other decisions than if we would have stayed with uh, 15 uh, white men around the table. And if you look to setting, let's say, targets, it's of course much easier in politics and in board where you have mandates of three, four years. So when the mandate is over, you can replace. What we try to do is to have this stimulus, what I refer to, of having for each succession always as well a male as a female candidate, by role models stimulate uh, women to take the challenge because mm -hmm. we sometimes unfortunately have to push them more. So I, I believe that instead of quota, the main driver to go to more diversity is a conviction from the top to the bottom that that just is the best thing to do, best to represent also the people from whom you do it, your customers. Also best to have this, uh, let's say, very diverse view on the world, a world where you act uh, in. And so I believe that's more important than quota. So a strong yeah. conviction from the top. Okay. So I understand that quotas can be useful, but they are by no means a miracle solution. Okay, gentlemen, we have uh, almost come to the end of this episode. And as is always the final question in this podcast, what are your key takeaways from this discussion, Fons? One key takeaway is uh, diversity is important. Mm -hmm. Another takeaway that we haven't mentioned but was underlying our discussions is the role of humor. Humor, according to John Cleese, is that... Um, when there are two opposites of logics, they both turn logical and it makes you laugh. Mm -hmm. And the example he gave, there were four prisoners playing cards. One was cheating, so they kicked him out of jail. <laughs> Now, that is often forgotten uh, because in diversity, if you respect the opinion and viewpoint from the other, mm -hmm. then humor becomes so easy. I'm very, very worried about people with no humor because very often there are two logics, but there is only one that dominates mm -hmm. and that's theirs. And, and that's why I would like to leave uh, uh, that with perhaps a preempt to diversity work, allow some humor. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Bart. I think an element that is extremely important that we should continue to invest more in is education, not education on maths and languages, but more education where people from the younger ages to make them think more wide and open than what the traditional school education is. And okay, as an, a final word, I would say, uh, yeah, it's a bit somewhat weird or odd that we are discussing over uh, diversity with two older white men uh, interviewed by a young white lady. Yeah. And uh, if there is one day a follow-up podcast organized by GS, I hope that we will have 
other profiles in our seats uh, to discuss it. You can stay, Janka, uh, but uh, let's replace Fonzo myself. Change is coming, absolutely. Thank you both for being here with me in the studio. Very well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Studio 2030, brought to you by Aegeas. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information on Aegeas, please check out the company website at aegeas.com. 